JR the Boss Man Show. We're joined by the new coach of the Cal Poly Mustangs, John Smith in the Boss Man Show. Coach Smith, how are things out there at Cal Poly? Things are great, JR. Things are great. Thanks for calling. Thanks for having me on. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I wanted to get your thoughts on what does it mean to you to get this head coaching job at the D1 level? You've been a head coach at the JUCO level, but now you got a D1 gig. So how does this feel that you know, all the hard work you've put in over the years has really paid off and Cal probably believed in you leading their program going forward? It's a great feeling. It's a surreal feeling. You know, um, I got into coaching a long time ago um, just to change kids' lives. You know, I was a high school coach starting off. thought I was going to be a high school counselor for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, ended up here, you know, uh, just the process has taken me here, you know, from high school to junior college to associate head coach with a good friend of mine, Dietrich Taylor at Cal State Fullerton, to now here. So I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to continue to try and change kids' lives at this level. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, uh, I know that the Dietrich Taylor has been really important to you. He's a great guy, great friend of mine off the air. Uh, what's he meant to you in your career personally, professionally? Uh, you know, words can express, you know, how thankful and how grateful I am of Deidre. You know, he and I go way back. Uh, when he first got into the business um, as an assistant coach, I was a, a head JC coach, and, you know, he came down and recruited my program. And long story short, he, he, he needed a point guard, but I told him if he got my point guard, he would get, you know, his best friend who was a 6'6 wing who was, you know, one of the best in the country. And sure enough, he got them both, and, they went from last in the conference to first place in the conference, and Deidre called me right away and said, uh, you know, if I ever get a head coaching job, you better be ready because you just helped my career a great deal. And just to show you the, the, the how true of a man he is and, and character-wise, as soon as he got the job at Cal State Fullerton, he, my phone rang, and, and it was Deidre, so I answered, and I said, hello. He's like, are you coming? And, and that was like 15 years later, you know, but that's how – true of a man he's a phenomenal young man and uh you know i'm thankful and grateful for him in my life yes indeed the coach when it comes to your program at cal poly uh are you going to be trying to recruit high school seniors international guys juco guys with your background grad transfers or transfers have to sit one and play one two or three how many years they have to have left to go i think it'll play out from year to year you know like i said you know in my press conference and and everything is that I never want to get too old and I never want to be too young. So whatever balances out, but, you know, we'll start out with a lot of four-year guys, high school guys uh, uh, at this, at, at Cal Poly. Uh, but if we, if we need to fill in a void, like this year, we're probably going to fill in a void with the grad transfer, hopefully um, here. And, and then, you know, that'll open up some more scholarships for the 2020 class, which I think is deep throughout the country we were just in atlanta looking at some kids and so i just want to make sure we have enough scholarships for the 2020 class and start with high school guys you know in 19 and 20 and then fill it out there that way and how was your trip to atlanta i know i'm not there currently right now but how how was your trip to atlanta this looking at these players this weekend it was good it was good you know i think the eybl does a phenomenal job of organizing and, and, and running a great tournament. Um, you know, we were able to uh, see a lot of talent, um, as well as uh, another tournament, Terrific 24, ran by Dinos Trigonis, who I've known for a long time. So it was good for me. I just finished out, you know, typing up some notes from the weekend and sending it over to our assistant coaches to put on our board. So it's been good. 
Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, also, I know but you've been hired early. You've been able to kind of get on the court with your guys a little bit, see what you can evaluate, what you have in the house already. So how's that process been going so far for you? So far, so good. You know, we, uh, we've we been getting our four hours in on a weekly basis, uh, trying to get a feel for the guys. And, and, you know, right now it's just a filling out process. They really don't understand the type of uh, <laughs> demands that will be on the on the floor once we really get going, but I just want to assess how they are from a skill set standpoint and then decide how we're going to play around their skills. I never want to be a type of coach that just runs a system. You know, my system has got to be formulated around the type of players that we have. I think that's a great point you make because sometimes too many coaches are married to their system rather than adapt defensively offensively to what they have on the roster at that current point in time. They just want to force feed this system down players' throats and it doesn't work. It ultimately gets them fired and their players frustrated as well or transferring out of the program. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, my brother, who's a longtime WNBA coach, you know, he, he was also my, my coach as a senior, senior in college and, and he's always taught me that, you know, you never try and fit a square into a circle you know <laughs> so just you know play with what you have and, and play to their strengths and and you know demand that they play hard on the defensive end and, and you should be fine and coach looking at non-conference scheduling wise i know you probably have to play some guaranteed games but beyond the guaranteed games you have to play uh how do you go see season going about like the schedule going forward here in 19 and 20 and 20 and 20 to 21 and beyond um, you know, when I got here, the schedule was pretty much already set. Um, but, you know, we always want to try and play the best competition that we can um, from different conferences and preferably on the West Coast so we can save budget traveling-wise um, and let our, our alumni base uh, get a chance to see our guys throughout the, the country on this side. Um, but we'll we'll play some Pac-12 teams, some some. WCC teams and, and uh, you know, some teams that, that are similar to, to who we are uh, throughout the preseason, but always trying to look to, to challenge ourselves to get prepared for our conference. Yes, indeed. I know it's one thing Deidre was very high on player development. I had on Danny uh, as well. He talked about player development, how Deidre fresh player, player development. So I know at Cal Poly, you're going to definitely push that same button of player development. And I know you kind of feel, you're going to feel for what kind of guys you have. So if you just, have you started kind of making those development plans for, for your players for the summertime and the fall here as we end the semester here? Say that again, I'm sorry. No, no I'll say, have you started to make the development plans uh, for your players for the summertime and fall? Because I know player development was big in, in, at Florida with under Diedrich and Danny talked about it in Montana State. He, he, he's going to do the same thing as having player development be a key piece of, of his program. So how do you see yourself going about the development piece of your guys mentally, physically, and, and emotionally as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, um, we've we already started putting together um, the whole summer, um, especially – since we're going on a foreign tour this year, but but um, our main focus will be skill development and uh, just concept development. You know, just how we want to play out of certain concepts, um, as well as uh, the physical and the mental part. You know, we 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 have a, a sports psychologist on campus that works with the guys, um, and then we have an unbelievable strength and conditioning coach here. So we've mapped it all out for the whole summer, and hopefully it uh, it flows into into the regular season well. Yeah, and that foreign trip, uh, where are you guys going at from foreign trip there? We're going to London. Nice. It's nice. Yeah. So you're playing the yeah. 
Great Britain uh, national team or some colleges over there? Yes. Uh, well, I don't know which teams we're playing yet, but I'm, I'm sure we'll be playing um, some teams of that caliber. Yes, indeed. Now, also, the big whistle of the league, I tell you what, this year's a pretty good race in the league with Fulton and UCI kind of ran away from it with Ir- Irvine and Russell and those guys. But everybody in the Big West is always a, a tough, tough matchup. And just talk about the dance of the league. Cause I, I, I watch you guys on ESPN3. I see what you guys are doing out there. I know it's late night for me when I'm watching it, but I still watch them a junkie like that. So, but <laughs> how tough is that league, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- you, you think about the coaches that we have in this league. Um, Mark Godfrey, who. <laughs> Who coached at uh, at UCLA won a national championship, you know, and has Jim Herrick on his bench. You have you have uh, you know Deidre Taylor, who coached with Herb Sendick. You have you know uh, <laughs> a, a, a ton of coaches that have a great deal of experience. Munson, Turner, uh, Russ Gennott, and you look at and Jim Les. I mean, you look at David Patrick. Everybody has had a history of of success wherever they've been. So the coaches here, night in and night out, you're in for a dogfight. And and they do a hell of a job preparing their team. So it, it's a great – for those of us that, that get into coaching and love the chess match, this conference is just that. It's a chess match every night, and it's it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's great to prepare for, and, and I look forward to it this year. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I want to ask what some rule changes made because I was covering NIT this year, and I kind of saw how they did to use the expanded lane, the three-point line, being a little bit there. We set the fouls at five at, after ten minutes of, 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 the, of the half there. And I'm thinking maybe maybe extending, maybe do the 20-second shot clock or advance the ball at the end of the game. Um, what are your thoughts on the rules they're trying to change for the game and kind of experimenting in, in NIT? Do you want to see them implemented fully in D1 going forward? The only one that I would love to implement is is probably going to four quarters and 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 advancing the ball uh, during the timeout. You know, we're the only we're the only sport we're the only basketball entity that that still plays halves. I mean, when you look at it, you know, high school plays quarters, women play quarters, pros play quarters, but men's college basketball is the only one that plays halves, and so. I would like to see that change, uh, but also advancing the ball, you know, it helps elevate that chess match that I was talking about. If you can advance the ball during timeouts late in the game and, and you know, diagram a sideline out of bounds play to put pressure on the team to stop you. So those things are things that I would love to change. And, you know, they're talking about speeding it up with you get offensive rebound, putting the shot clock at only 20. And, you know, that's that I, I would like to see that as well, you know, so. But, you know, those are probably the only ones that I would I would want to see changed. Now, Coach, I, I think with the quarter things are really good. Say, for instance, you're down big at halftime. You can say it's cut it by the end of the third quarter, not in 10 minutes of the second half. I think that, that, that misled mindset of having a quarter, you know, another quarter to go, get the league down, helps the guys, those young men at halftime, not be so down to down by 15 or 20 going, going, to, going to that break there. Exactly. And, and I'm always talking to our guys about com- – compartmentalizing their life and and you know basketball is a is a metaphor for life and and breaking it down in quarters compartmentalizes that you know you can you just focus on one quarter at a time you know and and it helps them with with not putting so much pressure on themselves of thinking about the whole 20 minutes you know you can break it down better that way so 
that's why I like the four quarters. And Coach, last one I got for you is this. I know when you get a new job, it's crazy. You're fired working 18, 20-hour days. So how has these days been meeting with, with the eight athletic departments, presidents, the boosters, alumni, players, people in the community who want to come and spy and see you? How's that been? It's been crazy. It's been a good crazy, though. You know, um, the fortunate and unfortunate part is, you know, my wife hasn't moved up here yet, so uh, I'm – I'm living in my office pretty much, so I get a lot of work done. Um, I'm traveling a lot to meet different donors, and then at the same time, I'm preparing for the summer. Uh, you know, and I'll still do the same when, when my wife is in town, but she would just be right next to me helping me with that. Uh, she's been phenomenal in my career, but um, you know, it's it's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind, though. You know, you're right. It's been about 18 hour days for me. I can only imagine, Coach. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad you got the gig there. I love to see African-American coaches get jobs in college basketball. We need more African-American coaches in the game. I feel like we lost a little too many this year. So I'm glad to have yeah. you. You want the ones we, that we gained. And so I'm hoping we get more down the road, Coach. I wish you success at Cal Poly. to talking to you again down the road. And, you know, like I said, I love, I love your old boss. I love your assistant, Danny. So we'll definitely keep you guys in mind as well and talk to you guys. If you're in the ATL, let me know. We'll definitely link up for some Waffle House, man. There we go. Sounds good. I appreciate you, JR. Thanks for having me on. All right, Coach Smith. Thank you again. All right. Take care. No doubt. Folks, it's John Smith on the Boss Man Show. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, folks, here on the Boss Man Show, fresh out of workouts, is the coach of Southeast Louisiana Lions, Coach David Kiefer. Coach Kiefer, how are things down in Hammond, man? Man, it's going great. Just had a, just had a great workout. Felt like we won, we won the day today. A uh, long way to go, but, you know, just trying to st- establish our culture, you know, um, took over for Coach Ladner, um, was an assistant for him for the past couple of years, and we got a great thing going down here that he left me, but uh, just trying to establish what, what we're going to do uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, we had on Coach Ladner last week, and just, just so, he talked very highly of you and, and the program he left behind. So tell us, Coach, uh, you've been the coach of southeastern Louisiana. How does that make you feel? Because I, I know you get, it was a long-time assistant, and you're the head man now. So being lead southeastern Louisiana, how do you feel about this now, knowing that you're the guy in charge? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, a, it's really, man, a, a dream come true. You know, this is ultimately something that uh, knowing at a young age that I wanted to coach and and, and knowing that the ultimate goal was, was to be a Division One head coach, didn't know it was going to come. Um, this early or young in my career, but um, you got to take advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, I can't sit here and be uh, in, in, in all very long because there's a lot of things that are throwing at you on a daily basis. So, um, but I just really excited about the challenge and um, got a great group of young guys. So, you know, like I said, just, just a dream come true. And I can't be more uh, thankful for coach Ladner for uh, setting me up like this and, and um, preparing me for, for this day. 
Yeah, because I know being an associate head coach, you have a lot of responsibilities more than most systems do on the staff. So I know being in that role really helped you prepare for, for, to be the one to make the decisions now because I know you was giving suggestions previously. Now, 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 now the buck stops, stops with you. You make the final decision rather than just the oh, yeah. no suggestion. Question. Yeah, no question. No, it's, it's, a, it's a whole lot different now sitting a couple seats down. It's real easy, you know, sitting at the hallway and suggesting, oh, coach, do this and do that and do this. Or we, I, I do this, but you know, now, now it's, it's my, my, my turn to make every decision. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a whole, a whole different, whole different feel when, when, um, everything, like you said, the buck stops with you. Yes, indeed. And then coach, when it comes to recruiting down there in, to Southeastern Louisiana, will you be looking mm-hmm. at high school seniors? Will you be some international guys, grad transfer guys, JUCO guys, maybe a transfer where you have to sit one year and play one, two or three for you? Uh, really, really everything. I, you know, we're going to be one of the youngest teams in the conference next year. The last two years, um, we've had, we had 13 seniors, I believe. And this upcoming season, we're going to just have one. Uh, so, you know, it, it, most teams in the country, especially one big, big, big leagues win with senior oriented teams. And, um, by no means are we coming into the season ex- preparing to lose by any means, but, um, we're, we're going to be young and I, and I kind of like it that way. So I can, you know, mold our young guys and, um, you know, keep them together for, for the next couple of years because I think that's that's kind of how it's one is um, getting older together um, and getting getting a lot of experience. I've got a chance to sign a couple older junior college guys and, and transfers, but I kind of just passed on the opportunity. Wanted to want to stay young. I like our freshmen and uh, and our sophomores. So um, just gonna just gonna go into the season with, with young and and, and um, try to learn and get better every single day. And coach, that's, that also means a big piece for his player development, coach. Because I know that the summer's going to be really important for developing these players mentally, physically, and emotionally. Get these guys ready to play come the fall here. Yes, yes. Player development, skill development, all that stuff is huge, man. We just, like I said, just finished workouts about five minutes ago, and um, trying to take advantage of every little workout we can. You know, next week is the week before exams, and then the following week's exams, so we can't do anything on a mandatory basis. Um, and then the guys leave. Uh, till, till the summer session starts for about four weeks. So we're just trying to get every single thing in before we can, uh, before before the guys leave, and just try, trying to set the tone of how we're going to come in this summer and um, just come ready to work. And having four hours now, you, you, can do, you can do some actual individual drills, some team stuff, implement actual, yeah. you know, actual, you know, schemes and what have you. So I know having the four hours, giving two extra hours, really going to help you guys for is development because I know being a new head coach, you want to put you with your spin on, on on things. You need that time to put in what you want to put in, so the guys will be ready for you come fall semester there when it starts in August. Oh yeah, for sure, man. The four the four hours is huge. You know, you don't you don't really want to go over four hours because you want to just you don't want to overdo it so far away from the season. But you know, you you want to you if you're a Division One athlete, you're you're always Division One athlete. So you got to make sure you're staying in shape. You're getting your shots up and um, work, working on the the little the little things. You know, we we talk about to our guys that right now is the time that you're allowed to be selfish. This is a team sport, but right now is the is springtime off season. So it's all about being selfish and getting yourself better and improving improving your craft, um, not only working on the things that you're not good at, but working on the things that you are good at um, and not, not not neglecting those things. But, uh, you know, just every, like I said, every day bringing it and, uh, you know, being selfish and getting yourself better during this time. 
Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, when people watch you guys play next year, what do you want them to take away from watching Southeastern Louisiana playing out there on, on, on the U now at the helm? Oh, I want us to be the hardest playing team in, in, in the country. You know, everybody obviously, you know, says that, and, and we just talked about that with our guys as they leave the, the gym, some of them barely being able to walk, but all of them loving it. And, um, you know, I, I just really want our teams, like you said, I want people leaving that gym and saying, wow, southeastern Louisiana, they, they should play hard. You know, we're going to make a ton of mistakes, and this is my first year being a head coach, and I'm going to make mistakes. The guys are going to make mistakes. But I don't ever want it to be based off effort. Our effort, I, I always want to be the uh, most competitive team, and um, my, my goal is to be the best defensive team in the conference if, if we can do it. I hear that. It's all strong at the end of the floor because my man and I be missing shots. If you can defend and stop them from scoring, you still be in the game. No question. No question. Now, Coach, are you going to be a guy that kind of plays an eight or nine-man rotation, or are you more of a short rotation? Well, you know, I think that we kind of just let let that let the season in, and our guys dictate that, that that themselves. You know, I think since I've been here, we've we've kind of played eight or nine guys, um, and, and I think that is a good rotation. But you know. Uh, Every every team is different, and um, you know we'll kind of as team practices start to come and and games start to come, and we get a feel for how guys are going to play in the game and and whatnot. I think we'll just kind of take that as it comes. I hear that. Now, coach, uh, not kind of schedule wise, no down in the Southland Conference, you have to kind of play some guaranteed games, raise money for for, for the school, yep. which is understandable. Uh, beyond those guaranteed games, what kind of games are you trying to play in non-conference for, for your guys going forward with your team being so young? Yeah, you know, we, we, we've got a couple. Um, we're allowed to play four non-Division one games. Um, we're going to play two or three, I believe, um, just to get some home games. It's so hard to get home games when you have to play guaranteed. And, and this year they've, they've added two more conference games. So we went from 18 to 20. Um, and that's going to be the first time we've done that. So that's shortened our non-conference schedule. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got our guarantee games. And we also got um, – we, we try to play all the Louisiana schools if we can. Um, we'll, we'll be playing at Louisiana Lafayette. And it was part of a three-year deal that we signed. We're in the third-year deal of that. And um, we're in the third-year deal of a four-year contract with uh, Grambling. So we want to kind of continue what Coach Ladner did and try to play uh, all the in-state schools if we can. And uh, just, you know, just it, make, it makes sense, I think. And Coach Kiefer, who are some coach individuals who really help Moses as a coach and get you to the point you are today? Well, I, I would say first and foremost, Coach Ladner. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Coach Ladner. Um, you know, he he, he um, hired me first at Jones County Junior College as an assistant uh, about seven years ago, and um, he gave me an upper, another opportunity to be a Division One assistant here. Um, so first and foremost, I got to give a sh- the shout out to him because I, I wouldn't be where I am today. But um, also uh, mentors in my life, Frank Martin, uh, University of South Carolina. I was a student manager for him at Kansas State when he was there and also the video coordinator at University of South Carolina. Um, he's, he's been very close in, in my life. Uh, my high school coach, Randy Schumann at Bocasega High School in St. Petersburg, Florida, and, um, and, and, and my dad. Who's um, coach for? He's a, he's in the business side of the world, but he also um, coached high school basketball. Volunteered for over twenty years. I hear that coach Martin's a great guy. I love him because of the show. He always gives us something that we can. A nugget we can oh, use yeah, to help us in our lives awesome. always. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. And coach, the Southland Conference is a league. I'll tell you what, it's a it's a tough league. People don't really know how by hard the ball you guys play down in the Southland Conference, man. From, 
New Orleans, the uh, Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's always a tough game in South Austin Conference. They had two more games. Two more. I didn't know that. So, as a league, it's tough to tell listeners how tough a league this is to play in the, when it's common place. Every game is a dogfight in that league. Oh, no question, man. And, and and everybody probably feels like that with their conference. But, you know, I can just go off, go off experience and what I know. Um, since I've been in this league, it's gotten better every single year. And I kind of give a little bit of that credit to Brad Underwood, who used to be at Stephen at Boston um, the, as a previous coach when they went about 69-2 and two in conference play in a couple of years. And everybody else in the league just trying to get better to match them. And um, they've hired um, really good coaches and um, teams have just kind of got got better to try to catch up to them and um from top to bottom man the last five years it's got um tremendously better and um you know just just really good coaches and um you know it's just every game like you said every game is is a battle and and a dog fight and coach, I look, I'll come to the NIT this year with some of the root trainings they had for it, like the resetting the fouls at Timmons in the half, uh, you know, the, the wide in the lane, three-point shot. Uh, I, I'm a big NBA guy. I cover the Hawks as my main gigs. I see advancing the ball in the games. Jordan shot clock resetting at 14 after the, the ball's rebounded off offensively. So what's some rules you want to see them maybe change in the, in the college game maybe go to quarters after seeing what they're doing with the NIT experiment this past season? Oh man, I, I I don't I don't really not a big fan of quarters. I I kind of go back and forth with the whole advancing ball. You know when when you're when you're on defense, you don't want them to do it. When you're on offense, you wish you wish they could. So, you know, it, it, me me just being in my first year head coach and not having really had to have any experiences uh, of of having to deal with those situations in the head coaching role, um, it, it's not really fair for me to answer that question. Just because I you know I I don't really know. And and, and to be honest with you, I. I don't. I don't care too much. Is whatever the rules are, um, whatever I whatever I say, that they ain't gonna change it for me. So I kind of just <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do what they want. Um, I know I, I'm not. I wouldn't be a big fan of the shot clock being any shorter, just because um, I, I think that kind of um, h- helps us to, to teach the game a little bit. And any shorter with with you know, it's not the NBA where you can you got guys that can dribble the ball before and, and make thirty foot shots contested. You know, if they do that in college, the the, the talent level is not as good. Um, so, you know, I just don't think you would see the the, the good offense that was that that would be running. And, and um, I think it just would come down to a lot of one pass shot or no pass shot. You know, I, I, I'm not a big big fan of that. I think I think the thirty second clock is good enough. And coach, for my listeners out there who want to maybe see you guys play and want to come down and watch you play, I want to ask coach this question: What's some good places to eat when they come to Hammond to watch Southeast? Oh man, a bunch of good, a bunch, uh, a bunch of good places, man. They got Tommy's Pizza with the sweet sauce on there. You got to ask for the sweet sauce right, right downtown. Some of the best pizza I've ever had. Um, our our mom's hamburgers, great hamburgers, both both places downtown. Um, there's there's a a new steak joint, one thirty one Steakhouse that. Um, that that's real good. They 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 got a you know this is Louisiana down here by, down by the bayou. So we we got we got that that's all there is down here is just good food. You can't you can't have more than enough places down here. I hear that, coach. My listeners love to eat, so I know I, I give them the up <laughs> on the food, man. They love to eat around yeah, here, man. Come on, just tell them to hit me. There's tons of spots down here, man. Yes, sir. Well, Coach Kiefer, congrats on getting this job, man. Thanks for your time today. Look forward to talking to you again down the road. I really road. appreciate it, man. 
No doubt, Coach. Anytime, feel free to come on the show. If you even got a kid from Atlanta you recruit or want to bring into your program, let it have him on the show. So got a, lot, a lot of coaches come here trying to find players. So a lot of players here, Coach. You come on up here. We got somebody you can, you can use one way or another, man. <laughs> oh, I already know. I, I really appreciate you having me. That, that means a lot. All right, Coach Keith. Have a great day, man. The best luck to you. Thank you. All right, there's David Kiefer here on the Bussman Show, people. To let tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, folks, in the job of the Boss Man Show, standing in the OVC, my conference, as you all know, I'm a TSU alum, we're drawn by the new head coach, SIUE Cougars up in Edwardsville, Illinois, Coach Brian Barone, the Boss Man Show. Coach, what's up in Edwardsville, man? It's a gorgeous rainy day, but a lot of smiling faces getting ready for uh, uh, finals next week. So we're, we're, it couldn't be a better day. Yes, indeed. And, Coach, the good thing about getting this gig is a lot of players know who, know who you are already. It's not a big adjustment for a lot of the guys who's recruiting, guys on the roster, so they know who you are. So how's this little period been, getting, kind of get the guys getting, working, working them out a little bit, kind of get a feel for what you got, keeping guys around? How's that process been for you so far? It's been great. It really has been. It, it, yeah, it, it absolutely, um, you know, being around uh, a, a team that already knows me and we know each other. Um, you know, the, the biggest asset that we're bringing one another and that I'm bringing to these guys is that I, I've had a relationship with them. You know, sometimes coaches don't have relationships with their guys. Unfortunately, it's something that, you know, I was taught when I was, when I was young through my dad and all his coaching that, you know, you better have a relationship and it better be genuine because, um, you know, you're going to give them messages, good and bad sometimes. And uh, those are the those are the kind of guys that are going to go go to go to fight for you, and you're going to fight for them. So the adjustment's been great. I haven't really um, uh, stopped since I've gotten the job, but uh, I'd, I'd rather have it that way than any other way. You got there, right, Coach? I know sometime when you're the assistant coach, you're, you're, you're the guy they vent to about the head coach wanting to play more. Yep. So how does that work <laughs> there since you moved up a seat now so that they can't vent to you anymore because you're the guy making, making the calls now, not kind of say, let me talk to the coach about this and suggest the coach to get play you a little bit more here or there, give you a different set here or there. How's that part been, uh, been so far? I think you know what I do? I sometimes try tricking them. I go sit in my old office, and then they come vent to, to me about me, and they don't realize I'm, I'm the head coach. I go over to the, the office and the head coach's office, and then I yell at them for talking bad about me. But uh, <laughs> but that's not no. It's been really good. It really has been. I think uh, you know in my role uh, as an assistant, I've I've not I've been a yes man, and I, you know I always had uh, you know respected the authority of the head coach and and respected the ultimately the decisions were made um, you know from that office, and when they come to me. Uh, it's, it's, you know, as you, as you get older in this profession, you, you're able to, to, to balance those and navigate those tough conversations where they, you know, there are some frustrations, but there's also a message that has to be unified coming from the office of, okay, ultimately let's stand, let's stand back and see what we can all do better. You know, where can you be better before you're going to present a solution or present a problem going forward of, of any grievance? And, you know, that, that has been part of my relationship with these guys 
So they're, they're, I think they understand that, you know, they still can come to me, but even last year and the year before they had to come to me with, with a solution and not just a problem. And that's, that's one thing that, that has really helped with this adjustment. Yes, indeed. And the coach also now, the buck stops stop with you now. You're, you're the man making decisions. It's not a suggestion you're giving to Coach Harris anymore. Now it's, hey, Coach Barone's decision now. So how is that part of it being? Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I've had a lot of, you know, when I was at Green Bay, I was associate head coach, and we had great success, and I had a lot of say. And, you know, here the last few years, I, I really, um, you know, had a lot of say in, in, in a variety of things. Uh, but the difference is you have all the say now. And, you know, sometimes I could present uh, a problem and a solution and, hey, here, now I didn't have to make the decision. And now it's just uh, every decision that has to be made in terms of, and really everything, you know, when should the players come back? When are we starting lifts? When are we, um, you know, doing the housing and all that kind of stuff. So the time gets away from me some days. Uh, but the organization having a great staff has really been, been helpful in that regard. And, Coach, I talked about a little bit off the air with you that the location of Edwardsville to St. Louis makes it a good prime spot because you might be in Edwardsville, Illinois, but you're not really that far from a big city like St. Louis. So, guys, can you can sell that to guys and say, hey, St. Louis is right over the river from us. you got a great area for basketball, a great area to, to kind of enjoy life and experience life as well. And a lot of OVC schools like that with Austin P, not too far from Nashville, Tennessee Tech a little bit farther away. You know, you got different schools in OVC, Belmont, TSU, right there in Nashville. So, in OVC, a lot of good towns, a lot of schools within the drive distance of a nice city. So, guys can, can come play at OVC school. Also, get, get a good second, second chance as well, because you can guys get JUCO guys, grand transfer guys, international guys, high school senior guys, and a, a sit guy and play two or three for you. Absolutely. I mean, the location is, is, is prime, like you said. It's it's great for, for, for so many reasons. And you're educating somebody on, you know, what we're about. Here's my vision. Here's what I want to do. Um, you, so, uh, you know, allow them to envision where we are located just by simply saying, hey, we're right next to St. Louis. Our guys' apartments, actually, you can see the arch from our campus. That's how close we are. But there's also that college atmosphere because we are uh, kind of separated enough by the river and things like that. But you're – you know, you're dipping into the Indianapolis's, the Chicago, the Memphis, I mean, down in Nashville. All those areas are just prime spots that other people want to be at, too. And, uh, you know, it, it's a huge selling point. Uh, the OVC is a great conference. Two teams in the tournament this year. Two wins in the tournament. Uh, Edwardsville is a great community, has great support. It's a sports-crazy area. I mean, you got the Cardinals, you got the Blues. Um, so people are, are educated sports fans as well. And, you know, you couple that with the, the education that we have and a great institution, I, I have a lot to sell here. I really do. And it's, it's exciting because I'm not, you know, I'm a creative guy. I like to think outside the box. But the reality of it is I can walk outside my door and there doesn't need to be a whole lot of creativity sometimes. I just have to speak the truth. And, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's, more than, that's more than some places I've been and, and more than some places have. Yes, indeed. You, you kind of remind me of Northern Kentucky because I know John Brennan right there in Cincinnati would just say the same thing you just said. Cincinnati's right across the river from us, seven miles away from Cincinnati. So, you know, you're in Kentucky. You're not that far from a nice place in Cincinnati if you want to go that, go that route. So, I think having that 
having that good college lifestyle in a small town, college town, but have that big city right across the river help sell it. And plus, you're in a great area, great education. And plus, you're in OVC where you, even though Belmont, Austin P, and those guys have been good for years, it's opportunities to leapfrog them if you get the right guys in there. Hey, you're absolutely right. You really are. You know, the, the conference has a tradition. You know, uh, Edwardsville has a tradition. I mean, granted, it was Division Two, but there was great success here. Oh, you know, Elite Eight runs and, and, and very good teams. Whenever you have a place that has tradition, uh, no matter, you know, what level it was, um, th- that shows that it can happen again, and that shows that it will happen. And my energy and passion and enthusiasm for where we're going to be and the, the work ethic that myself and my staff and my team's going to have, um, you know, we want to be that team when you're – when you're talking to somebody else, you're talking about Edwardsville and how good of a you know how good of a league it is because you know look what Edwardsville is doing now these last few years and um, you know I'm excited about that challenge and I'm also you know blessed to have this opportunity. I definitely know that. And coach, these workouts you have in these four hours you have now that you had this spring come up in the summer here, a player field available is going to be very key. So you've seen us doing some team drills and doing in the summertime or maybe focus on the guys develop trying to get them to develop one new thing this summer to pack with for the fall to make life easier on you guys as you guys play the schedule coming through this, this next season here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. What you want to do is in these summer workouts, you have the ability to have the whole team in and, you know, and then you could you can break it down through individual workouts too, whether you want to do guards and, you know, bigs for, for lack of a better term, just to kind of simplify it. But, you know, my goal is that we're going to do a lot of team stuff. All right. Uh, you know, you, you, you play five on five. We're going to develop. We're going to develop our skills. We're going to work on our weaknesses and strengthen our strengths. And we're, we're definitely going to develop our skills and work on our skills. We're going to individualize our workouts this year when we're going the, the one-on-one type of deal. If one guy needs to work on going left, we're going to spend a lot of time on him going left or finishing at the rep. And then we're going to let, spend a lot of time as well doing it all together. So, we, you know, we're all pieces of the puzzle. You know, it's a obvious, you know, simple analogy. But we need to keep on putting that together every single every single week. We got to get used to each other, pushing each other, demanding of each other, and the, you know that's just going to make all this uh, so much greater when the pieces all truly come together and you see this picture of us having some success. And not coming schedule wise, coach. I know you you is probably done for next year. Uh, outside of the guarantee games, you have to play to raise money for for, for, for the athletic department. Uh, how do you see yourself going about these games? Getting playing, kind of trying to get two for ones, get many people come to play you. It's your place. You go there twice. The nine them tournaments. Uh, playing some high major schools as well. Uh, some guys originally. How do you see yourself going about that non conference schedule going forward? You know, one of those things. You know, in scheduling, so much about relationships. It really is. Um, you know, we were at Green Bay, and uh, Tony Bennett uh, played at Green Bay, and he was gracious enough to uh, play us two for one. So we went out to Virginia twice. He gave us a chance to kind of build our team. And the year, the third year, he came back to Green Bay. And, you know, Virginia is not coming to Green Bay <laughs> very often. But he had, uh, you know, a great relationship with us on the staff and, you know, had a special place in his heart. And, uh, you know, gave us an opportunity to say, okay, like, you, you build your team, and we ended up beating them. And, uh, you know, that was one of the years that they won the ACC. So those type of things can happen. You know, I have a lot of relationships from being in this business for, for really my whole life. Um, a lot of them are for, because of my dad and, 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 you know, what he has done for, for me and, and, and building uh, a reputation with, with, with my last name. And I, you know, I always try to own up to, to or live up to what he has done. But those relationships from 
years ago are now some of those people putting those uh, MTE tournaments are called the multi-team events. Um, you know where you where you're playing, you know multiple people in in one location, and those relationships are huge in scheduling. So that's one of the things that you want to do. You want to you want to go back to that old school way of thinking. It's like, all right, let's you're a good team, I'm a good team. Let's go. I'll come to your place. You come to my place. Let's play. Uh, ultimately, that's what you want to do. You want to go play teams and have good games, and that comes along with you know building your program, developing your players. And then, you know, definitely utilizing those relationships where, where people are willing to, to, to come to your place. And I remember your dad is going to be at the Grizzlies, coach with the Grizzlies a few times. I know I've seen, seen him on TV, so I'm pretty familiar with your dad, man. He did a great job with the Grizz, man. I used to watch their games uh, on uh, the league pass there when it was at the Pyramid <laughs> yep. in the Forum. So I'm pretty aware of how your, your dad's history, man. So I was glad to have him in the show. So, like, how is, like, how's your dad doing now? And uh, I know he played a real key role in you being a coach, being in, being in the industry yard right now. You know, he, he's a fighter. He, he's uh, unfortunately he was diagnosed that right after the Memphis Grizzlies with uh, with lung cancer, and um, you know, kind of you know, I guess cancer comes out of nowhere. So, uh, but you you know, it's unexpected. You you weren't you know you didn't know how to handle it. And, you know, he what he has done is he's he's faced it head on, and he's going on five years, and he's he's a, he's in a part right now where he's he's, he's got another uh, another opportunity to really face it head on again right now another another difficult stage of of this disease is kind of uh, you know battling him and and he wakes up and I got you know it's a great support uh, with my with my mother and him uh, every day they're they're more concerned about us as they're as they're battling this nasty disease uh, together and leading our family and he's really He's really uh, prepared me um, my whole life, but especially these last several years uh, for when this opportunity came and it came this year um, to, to, to really take it head on and, and face it head on and move forward. And although he's not down here in my office, like I wish he could be, I wish right now he'd sit next to me on the couch. He's not able to do that these days, um, but I can still call FaceTime and go and go visit him and you know, and, and I see him, you know, looking with, with pride in his eyes. That there's nothing that's going to change that feeling uh, every time I see that. And last one I got for you, Coach, is the barbecue in Memphis. Yep. What is your favorite barbecue spot in Memphis? Man. Man mine has always been Neely's Barbecue. So I, I like the barbecue nachos. But what about you? Jeez, I don't even know if I could give you – I could give you an actual spot because I would go down there and I, I would stay down at Beal and – um, uh, I just remember, uh, cause my parents lived over in Mud Island. So we'd, we'd be down there and I'd be eating for about two or three straight days and then I'd get out of there. And, uh, we had Memphis in May. My brother always had a tent with a couple of the other Grizzlies. You know, so I don't even know what exact place I was eating, but I know it was all pretty darn good. <laughs> I do know that. Yes, now listen, if the, the Hawks, we, I also work with the Atlanta Hawks, so I stay we stay at the Westin on Bill Street there, and yep. we walk, I walk up and down Bill Street getting barbecue all the time, <laughs> the whole time. I'm in Memphis. I think you're back on the plane with me. It's just a short plane ride from Atlanta to Memphis ever, but still, I, I, I have a bunch of barbecue with you gotta me. Go, go you got to go sneak, you sneak some in real quick. No, it's, it's great. I mean, I just, it was a, one thing about my family, too, we like to eat. We like to eat, so, so I was never uh, – it was basketball and barbecue a lot of times when I went down there. And then there was some burger place right around Beale that had, like, the same grease it was getting cooked in for, like, the last 50 or 60 years. So not sure how healthy that is, but it was it was pretty darn good. I know that. 
I know. I, I know. If I my doctor would scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if my doctor would scream, he'd be here and he'd take eat some of <laughs> Memphis barbecue. But yeah, man, I love to eat as well. Coach, one thing to do is eat on the road when I'm with the Hawks, man. So best part of my gig is the food part. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You, you go on those trips, people don't realize there's recruiting visits. And when you're traveling, it seems like all you're doing is eating half the time, so uh, or more than half the time, and and that's not always a bad thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. With Coach Barone, I wish you the best of luck up there in Edwardsville, Coach. We'll talk to you again in the fall, man. When season's about to tip off, there and see how you guys are doing, man. Call me anytime. I love I love your energy and passion, and it, it was a, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Please call anytime, and I thank you so much for having me on having me on the show. Will do, Coach. Will do, Coach. Thank you so much. Brian Barone, people, on the Boss Man Show. Check those guys out of Edwardsville, Illinois, right there by St. Louis. All right, folks, from the Gerald, the Boss Man Show, here with the coach of the Warford Terriers over there in South Carolina, Coach Jay McCauley, a Georgia guy like us here in the studio and around the airways here at WDJY. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm fantastic. How you guys doing? Hey, Coach, we're doing great here, man. We can't complain one bit, man. I know you're doing really good, man. You're the head coach at Wofford now. Team had a great success this year, making that in the tournament over there, man. Uh, coach Young did a great job with your program. Now you're taking over now and keeping that train, that train going now. That's the plan. And uh, just finishing up a, a busy semester. Obviously, we had a fantastic season. Um, and a lot of things happened this past month that have been uh, – Somewhat unexpected, but uh, everybody's excited moving forward, finishing up recruiting, and obviously trying to get these guys to finish up strong academically. So it's it's been a good ride these last couple weeks. It's the, and the good thing about you getting the job, Coach, you, all the recruits you had your eyes on, all the relationships you've built since you've been in the program all these different years uh, are still there. You can still get the same guys you're targeting. Guys will feel comfortable with you. Now just all the difference is now you're the head, head man now. Yeah, there's there's definitely some familiarity, and the way our staff was set up, we were heavily involved with a lot of components of the program. So I think that's why the administration and, and our, our current players who are coming back felt so uh, you know comfortable with me taking over. And we're going to try not to skip a beat. We're going to keep things moving along like we've done in the past. And, you know, not a lot of things are broken here, so we don't plan on reinventing the wheel or trying to fix a lot of stuff. Yes, indeed, especially the way you guys play this season out there, out in the SoCon. I saw y'all dominating teams out there in the SoCon, doing big things. Now, Coach, this is for you. Now, going from the assistant to the head coach, now the buck stops with you. So how's it just for being where all the decisions stop at your doorstep now, rather than being a suggestion to Coach Young, now it's my decision going forward. Yeah, I think, you know, I've just tried to be myself. Um, you know, I'm not Coach Young. I'm Jay McCauley. I've got my own ways of doing things. But he was such a great uh, mentor for me, and I've taken a lot of what he did, along with other guys I work for, uh, with me here these last couple weeks. And, you know, just trying to be myself every day and trying to do what I think is best for our program. And, uh you know, it's a little weird sitting in this new office. I still got to decorate it. It looks like a little prison cell right now, but I've got some things I gotta, I've got to put up here on the walls because Coach Young had it all decked out. But that'll take some time, you know. 
don't feel bad, Coach. In my office down down the hall from the studio here, it's pretty <laughs> much nothing there. But but a desk and a laptop. I have no pictures. I have no nothing up in my office. <laughs> yeah, I need I need my wife to come in here and decorate badly. But uh, we're taking one thing at a time, and I'm I'm just thrilled to have this opportunity. And our players are excited. You know, the recruits that we've landed here in the last couple weeks are excited. And obviously, we're just trying to finish up strong and, and formulate a new schedule for next year that I think our fans are going to be really excited about. So, life is good up here in Spartanburg. Yes, indeed. And Coach Planet Georgia, Coach Nick Wofford, of course, on three different occasions now. Well, Nate head coach, the third different job you had there with them, Garden of Webb and Furman. You kind of been in the same area of the country, the southeast here, that Georgia, South Carolina, Carolina area. So I feel like recruiting wise, you have had a years of a base relationship that you can tap into to find good sure. players to, to fit your program. Sure. Yeah. Recruiting's everything uh, in college athletics. If you don't have good players like you saw us have on the national stage this past season, you don't have a chance. And it's about knowing and blending, you know, whatever school you're at, their mission with what you want to be about as a team. And I thought out of all the places I've been at, I've been able to pick up things here and there in recruiting. But here at Wofford, there's just such a special type of student-athlete that values the education that we have, that understands we've got top-notch facilities and we're not afraid to go out and play anybody on the national stage. So it attracts a a certain type of tough, high-character kid that we love being around. We worry a lot more about just ball than all the knucklehead stuff that you hear around in other programs, which is kind of a non-negotiable here, to be honest with you. So... Our culture is very strong right now. We, we plan on keeping it that way and uh, hopefully playing for games that matter moving forward. And, Coach, you, you, can, you can get players five different ways at your program. You can get high school seniors, grad transfers, transfers who sit one and play two or three for you, also international guys, and you can get a JUCO guy because, I mean, you guys have that option to go eat all five ways, either be a first, first stop or second stop for a young man who's a second chance who may have messed up you know, the previous place, or they can play in town they wanted when they originally committed to. Yeah, and, and other programs rely on those five a lot more than we do, but there there are some avenues that we can get creative with. But where we've made our niche is really evaluating high school kids and what they're about and following them in the AAU circuit and making sure that they fit our culture and developing high school kids. We'll redshirt a few kids to make sure that we we balance the classes, but it's pretty much a high school recruiting situation. And we will we'll grab a transfer here and there that, that wants to come be a part of our deal, but it's mainly a high school recruiting and evaluate and make sure that we're getting the guys that we want in this program. That that's how we've been really good this last this last decade. And which takes me to the next point I want to make is the player development piece with what you guys. I noticed that you guys get guys and they get better each year community, they get better in your program. And that's a major thing because at the mid-major level, you have to have those junior and seniors to lead, lead your team if you want to be really good. And you got to do a great job of developing the guys you get. They're getting better each year. Their stats improve each year. And, and that whole play development piece to be is a, the biggest part to me of a program beyond yeah. and, and, and scheduling as well. 
You're 100% correct. And we've developed 23 pros in the last decade. I mean, imagine that. At our yeah, level, the mid-major level, with all the transfers, the 850 to 900 Division I transfer epidemic that's going on, like kids like being here. They like getting a degree here. They know we win. They know we develop. And at the end of their career, to know that they have the option to go play overseas or, in Fletcher's case, a chance to get drafted, and on top of that be set up with a profession earning a really good paycheck, I think that's why we've been successful. We've been able to keep guys here as opposed to guys bolting for other situations. Exactly. And what also helped you down was the – the four-hour rule that they tend to give you guys four hours to work out in the summertime and in the spring because the play developers are we used to talk is very important. So getting them extra time to do some team stuff you want to in the individual drills, work on the guys going left or just things to become off off the screen or what have you, you got time to do it more than you had previously. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny you say that. We're, we're trying to organize our summer plans this year and, we give the guys an option to go home one out of the two sessions. It's a long season. Obviously, we played all the way into March again. So we like giving them the flexibility to study abroad, go overseas, play in a foreign tour type deal, or just go home and train at their hometown. And I'm telling you, uh, probably 80% of our roster is coming back to do both sessions. And it just it just goes to show you that it's, it's a workman-like atmosphere here and people want to be here year-round to train and like you said develop their skills yes indeed and also coach uh i can only imagine the scheduling piece is harder for you because your guys are good i know at the major level though how much you don't want to play you all because you're good you know they, want, they don't want to give you what you want so yeah uh, the, the lakers and the knicks called me today they want to play <laughs> but nobody else in division one apparently wants to play the carriers so if you know of anybody in Atlanta, uh, give them my number. We we got to get some games here because, you know, us beating a few really good teams the last few years because of the players we have has has caused a few teams to hesitate to want to start a, a series or schedule a game with us. But that's that's a good problem to have, and we're not gonna listen. We played Kansas, North Carolina. You know, all these teams every year, we're not afraid to play them. We want to play them. We want to be on national TV. And I think it really makes us guys prepared for March, and that's why we advance. Not only just get there, we advance now. So that'll continue for sure moving forward. Yes, indeed, because you all are, are being great in the league. And, and just in general, SoCon as a league is being good. You know, Steve Forbes does a great job at ETSU. You know, you have West doing a good job at Greensboro. I mean, you guys are uh, – I know we got Greg Gary now here at Mercer, down here at Mercer. I mean, but in the league, you see the, the, the quality of coaches and the teams there, man. And the league is getting better top to bottom as well. Lamont doing a good job of Chattanooga, and they got them going the right track. So, as a league, talk about the league and how good the ball is getting as a whole from top to bottom there. Yeah, I just think the league is, is very, uh, very strong. The coaches in the league are – fantastic now obviously i'm the new guy on the block i've got a lot to prove i get that but the coaches returning and what they've done to build their programs is really impressive and you know the players that we have that have gone on to win national awards not just southern conference awards but national awards and go on to play long times 
uh, for pro teams is, is impressive. And I think we've had the last two years, four teams in our 10-team conference have won 20 games or more. And obviously we had the longest win streak in the country and we're the only team to go 21-0 and in conference play. Uh, so I think that speaks volumes. I really do. So I couldn't agree more with you there. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, who are some coaches really have a big impact on you to really help mold you and your coaching style going forward? Because I know you played at Georgia, you've been at Wofford multiple times, Gardner-Webb and Furman. What are those guys really meant to you? What did you take from those guys to kind of help you as you take on this sure. role now going forward? Well, my dad, number one, that's that's the reason why. And he didn't he didn't coach anything in high school or college, but just growing up and being around my dad and seeing how much he cared to develop, you know, friends of mine and other teammates. It, it started there, uh, my drive and my competitiveness and my passion for it. And then just very lucky to have an internship, I called it, at UGA with you know, Jim Herrick, who's won a national title and did things a certain way and was really, really good at connecting with people. And then on the other side, Dennis Felton, who won the last SEC championship in 2008 at Georgia, was very good teacher, organized, detailed. So I got, I got two ends of the spectrum there that really helped me prepare myself so that when I became an assistant for the last 12 years, I was ready to go. And then obviously Holtman, at Ohio State, when I was with him at Gardner-Webb, and Nico Medved, when he was at Furman, now I was at Colorado State, they've all advanced in their careers because they're winners and they're very successful teachers. So, you know, you blend that with Coach Young, who I think is the best in the business in all facets. He gets it. He's experienced. He's won. Um, I've been very fortunate to be a part of winning programs and great people. And I'm just hoping that I can, you know, take a little bit from everybody and and put it into my own system, and I think we can do that here for sure. I remember when Dennis felt the one that's in the state championship at Georgia Tech. I remember that because I was there. I was like, I remember that. You were there? Train over hit the Georgia Dome. We'd go over the Tech, and I remember that. Like, I remember that very, very well, that march there. That was wild, and they only let 250 people in there, so it felt like a scrimmage, and – uh Sure enough, it was just one of the magical weekends that happened in Atlanta, and uh, just grateful to be a part of that, you know. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, that's as I was. Uh, how old was I then? Twenty-ish, twenty-one-ish. That dude doing that time. So yeah, like sure. I remember that very, very well. Speaking of Atlanta, coach, uh, when you're back in ATL, I know you're a Marietta guy back here in the Atlanta area. What is your favorite spot to grab some eat at, man? Because I know we got all, all kind of great spots around here. What's your favorite spot around here? Wow, that's a great question. There's a lot of good spots. I, You know, I recruit down there a lot. So, you know, there's things downtown that I like to go to, and there's also some things out in Cobb County where I'm from that I'm, I'm a little biased to. But, you know, I'm a college coach, so I'm always on the move. The, the quicker I can get through something and get it on the go and get to the next high school, that's kind of my deal. But you cannot go wrong in Atlanta or Marietta with the food options. There's always something good, and you know that's probably why I'm 20 pounds over my playing weight uh, now. But uh, we're working on that. We're working on that. So is my wife. 
Hey man, look, when I'm our studio is right here in Midtown Atlanta, so I'm always going up to Cobb County in the Cumberland Mall area, get some to eat. Maybe at the diner a little bit, go up a little bit farther that way as well. So uh-huh. I'm over over there over four hundred to go up Alpharetta all the time, get something to eat out that way, man. I'm, I love to eat, man. I love going up and down four hundred towards eighty five and keep snacking uh-huh. while I'm in town. Cause my house is a star bridge, so I, when I'm up this way, I got to make sure I make it count. <laughs> uh- you're uh, you're telling me, Jr. That there's a ton out there, and that's why we love recruiting there. Being only two and a half hours from Atlanta, it's it's a it's a significant recruiting hotbed for us. So we'll continue to be down there. Yes, indeed. Well, I, I know you're gonna keep it going because you know, you're a Georgia guy. I know you know you already know what's down in, and he's been in the backyard, right in your backyard. These great players we have here. So look forward to talking to you again, Coach McCullough down the road, man. Best of luck to you. I'm glad you got the job. I was good to see a fellow Georgian. Doing, doing well in the college basketball scene. Yeah, Jr. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I enjoy your your show and uh, any anything we can do up here to help. Just let me know. We'll do, Coach McCauley. Anytime, buddy. Awesome. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Now.